Welcome to episode four of the Retireable Podcast. My name is Mike Wallace. My name is John Sauger. And we are both financial advisors with a Michigan-based firm, holistic planning firm called Financial Services of America. And we're talking about all things retireable. When we talk about stuff that's retireable, it's people that are at or near retirement um, or people that are in retirement and talking about different subjects, matters that can help them achieve their uh what their idea is of financial success. Okay, so so John, let's talk a little bit about that again. So the the idea behind the podcast, really quick, 30 seconds on this, the idea was we see families, we see people all the time that say, hey, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, um, if you do it successfully, right, you only retire once. It's not like something you get a lot of practice with. You want to do it once and not have to go back and try it again. So we thought we might want to try and share some of our stories, share some of our examples of the people we come in contact with, uh, of, of what they go through, what they face and what we, what, what advice and in conversations we have with them. So the idea is you might not know when to retire. You might not know, you might not even be able to be planning it. You might go into work one day and they say, don't come back. You're now retired. So this is our, 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 one of our means of trying to connect with people and explain the different things that are out there to be a pay, pay attention to when you're in that retirable time of life. And so it's not just the financial aspect of it at all, but it, it does include, when we talk about holistic, um, it's not like the medical term. It's now looking at the whole picture and the financial picture, which may include taxes, estate planning, um, insurance products. Obviously, there's a, a wide array of things that may affect people um, at or near retirement. And so today we're going to talk a little bit, we have a guest later that's going to talk a little bit more specifically about some of the things that are out there, but we want to talk about the importance of using some of the retirement plans that are available. Um, what we're finding every single day when we meet with our families is less and less people um, are, are, have, have uh, pensions. You know, when I first got this business in 1991, I've been working for the same company here, and we used to do a lot of um, workshops and seminars and and whether it was in a library or whether it was in a uh, at, at a uh, restaurant, we would have people raise their hands if they have a pension. And back in the '90s, probably 75 percent to 85 percent of these individuals would raise their hands. Absolutely. Okay? And so, John, obviously, you are uh, do a lot of public speaking right now in a lot of these venues as well. Um, what if you when you ask that question today, what would you say? I mean, again, this is not a scientific number. No, but what but would it, you say in the Detroit area? Okay, it's, what it's, do you, what do you say? and we're unique in the Detroit area. Uh, around the country, you may not have as many of the union-based um, uh, retirement accounts or, or, or pensions. Um, we we see a lot less people raise their hands. When we ask the question, um, the people that do generally are in certain fields, right? It might be a municipal worker, might be a, a, a union-based job, might be a, a teacher, a, a, a police officer, a firefighter. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very small number. Expect, uh, uh, private industry, private companies, th those numbers are going way, way down, if not you know, almost extinct. We just don't see private companies providing or being able to afford a pension anymore. And yeah. so. Hence the, the idea of the retirement account and why it's so important. Well, and even now, we, we've seen a lot of people that they had pensions. They may have worked for a company for 30 or 40 years, but then they were frozen, you know, yeah. um, and some of them, a lot of them are even being bought out. Yeah, nowadays. or they're telling you to take it and go somewhere else. Yeah, sure. and so, so what we want to talk a little bit about today is just about the different types of retirement plans that are out there and the importance of using some of these things because really what it comes down to more than anything else is we are now responsible. Most individuals that are listening to this podcast um, are responsible for their own retirement. 
Okay. And so it's now critical that they don't make um, critical mistakes so that they can have success by utilizing some of this stuff. And a lot of us know the common ones that are out there, um, but they may not know that they can use other tools. And sometimes some of those tools may be even within their own plans. Well, and, and how often, um, and you have a, a spouse who is a principal, I have a spouse who who was a teacher, was a youth minister, and now works at a university. And so we 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 have even people in our families, um, maybe even our children as they go along, or, or that that have different types of retirement accounts. And we see the documentation that they get. Um, we see the information that is shared with them. And, and even for us in the industry, we have to take our time and read it thoroughly to make sure we understand it. So a, a lot of times, people get overwhelmed. They say, "Gosh." I'm not sure what this means. I'm not sure even what to do on this. And so sometimes when we get overwhelmed, we don't take any action. And so what we want to do today is really talk about some of the some of the things that are out there and and, and know where to go, know what questions to ask, and try and take take care of some of the basics so we have an understanding of it. Well, and not only when you talk about the basics, some of it's just basic rules, you know, yeah. like whether there's ages, um, whether it's amounts, whether it's you know, when can you have access. Um, you know, so if somebody wanted to do an early retirement, what are some of the rules for that as well? And so um, we're going to dive into that a little bit today. Uh, so again, a lot of us have options. And, and what do you think, John, is probably the most common retirement account that you see? Um, for people that are working, I think the most common would be the 401k. Um, for people that are retired, I think it changes and you have the letters IRA standing for individual retirement account. Okay. So I think those would be the two most common that we see. There are plenty of others out there, but I think that would probably be the two most common. Yeah. So the ones we see for, and, and a 401k is mostly um, for the uh, uh, private sector. Okay. So a, a for-profit company. For-profit company. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. So where, uh, you know, a lot of the, the um, I don't say, when I say public sector, it's more like uh municipalities and school districts and things like that. You know, Maybe even not for, not for profit. Yep, sure. Exactly. Like a hospital even or a school. Exactly. They may have some things available, maybe like a 403B or a 457. Um, but whether you're using, you know, whether it's a defined contribution plan or some of the, the defined benefit plans that are more like the pensions, um, but there's a lot of outside things people can use as well. Or if you have a small business, what types of things can you use? And whether it's the IRAs you talked about earlier um, or the Roth IRAs, or a lot of people are even doing the Roth conversions nowadays, um, or simple IRAs, or if you're self-employed, some of the, the um, self-employed pension plans, or even a solo 401k. So the issue really is uh, not only do some people have some of these retirement plans available to them, but a lot of these plans that are out there are available that outside of their uh, work environment too, that they may be able to take advantage of. Sure. And so a lot of it is understanding the rules and understanding some of that stuff as well. Absolutely. Well, and, and a lot of the things you said, you went through a, a wide array of stuff that, that, that as someone that's not in the industry, just listening, there was a lot of things that were confusing there. So let, let's try and break these down. Let's try and talk about some of these and give some examples or some ideas, or even so people know what questions even to ask. I think that's really important too. That's why we actually brought our guest on today. And one of our guests uh, is someone that we work directly with. His name is Mike Spica, and he works with Financial Services of America as well. He graduated with a Bachelor of Arts degree in communications from Oakland University. Um, he began his career as a mortgage cons consultant. Um, but in 2008, when we had that housing crisis, uh, that was their loss because we uh, gained 
an, an excellent advisor for our firm. Um, he's licensed life, health, property, and casualty. He's a chartered retirement planning counselor. He's an investment advisor representative, a professional plan consultant, a PPC. How are you doing today, Mike? Doing great, Mike. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Can't complain. Well, thank you for joining us today. So, no problem. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely, Mike. So there's a couple little things we, we, we're going to talk about today that we're going to try and make this um, um, more user-friendly, so to speak. We're going to try and understand some things. So we, we before we brought you on, we were talking about a lot of different things with retirement accounts. There's a lot of different words out there. Let, let me hit on one really quick. One of your sure. designations are the letters PPC. What, 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 does that, yeah. what does that mean? How does that, how does that provide you with, it, with information to be able to share with people? So PPC is a professional plan consultant designation that I've earned. And what that is, is it means I have an area of focus and concentration in employer-sponsored plans, such as not limited to 401ks, 457s, 403bs, lump sum pension rollovers, and uh, just kind of the intricacies of how those plans work and the ins and outs of those plans. Um, Perfect. As uh, I was kind of listening in, you know, before you brought me on and, um, you know, just people have a lot of questions. You get paperwork in the mail. Uh, you get statements in the mail. You get literature from the 401k company. There's certain th or the 403b, depending where you work, um, because 401k is a for-profit corporation. 403b is usually a nonprofit hospital or school, and 457 is generally, you know, like a municipality. municipality. It's, sure. it's yeah, sure. it's a reference to the IRS tax code is actually where those uh, where those names come from. Okay. And um, you know, so it's a lot of confusing information. And the, and the big thing here too is that. Not every plan works the exact same way. That's that's what yeah. we in 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 and in that situation, I, I, um, Mike. I know you've done this as well in your in in your life and in in talking with people as you're with your building your advisory uh, uh, group here that you're working with. And I know Mike Wallace and and, and I. We've all we've all met with people. Um, when I've been out speaking in public, one of the things I notice is is when I mention if I make an accident, uh, uh, an accidental emission, and I just say 401k, I'll get some blank stares in the room and they'll look at me and they'll say, yeah, I know those, but I don't have one of those. So, so what do I do? How do I do this differently? So you mentioned 401k for profit. Um, what, what do we mean by that? Like, that's like, um, uh, you know, in, in General Motors or Ford or a company like that, correct? Yes, generally, yes. And even some of those companies might call their plans something different. Okay. Um, so even within those plans, I mean, it's generally a 401k, but if you're UAW um, and you're listening to this and you work for General Motors, you probably have what's called a PSP, which is a personal savings plan. Okay. If you're UAW at four, you probably have what's called a TESP, which is a tax exempt uh, plan, savings plan for hourly employees. Okay. Right. So it's generally a 401k. It's what it is, but they just call it something different. So even when you have something that's like a 401k, sometimes the companies refer even, even, by, even refer reference to that for more confusion. Names. Sure. Yeah, right. Exactly. So uh, and maybe people wherever, maybe they're not, but that's generally, you know, why we like to educate our clients. You know, that's first thing we have to do is educate and teach, gather information, find out what the client's goals and objectives are, because as a fiduciary, we always have to act in the best interest of our clients. Sure. And the only way to do that is to truly understand what those families are working with, what they're trying to do goals, objectives, risk tolerance, that type of thing before recommendations can be made. But part of that is educating the families we work with and making sure they first understand what they currently have and how it works sure. uh, before we can make any recommendations. Absolutely. So in that in that case scenario, like you talked about with just educating, so let's, well, let's educate a little bit right now. So let's talk sure. about what, you know, just very basic, 
what is a retirement plan? And then we can kind of get into some of the more specifics or what's the purpose of a retirement plan, et cetera. Right. Great question, Mike. So retirement plan, it's obviously very general, very broad statement, right? So there's a lot of different types of accounts that can fall under that umbrella of a retirement plan. As we already mentioned, 401k, 403b, 457s, um, traditional IRAs, Roth IRAs, SEP IRAs, which is a simplified employee pension. If anybody out there has a small business, there are ways to still save for your, your family, for your retirement, for your future. Um, there's also ways to do some tax planning, which that SEP IRA can also fall into that category as well. Um, so there's a, a variety of different things. There's um, there's annuities that could be out there that could be considered certain types of retirement plans like tax sheltered annuities. Um, I know both of your spouses were are currently teachers or in the education system. You know, a lot of times you might have something called the TSA, tax sheltered annuity, which is also like the 403B, right? So sometimes that's another name that, that they could use. So uh, to reference a, a 403B. Um, if you work for the post office, right, that could be called a thrift savings plan, a TSP, right? Yep. Um, so there's there's a lot of different names for these plans. And sometimes depending on what, what branch or agency of the government or what company you work for, they could even call it something else that, like you said, John, could even add more confusion. Sure, so sure. how do these how do these work, you know? So most people, not everybody, but most people aren't going to take the time to read through, you know, their plan documents. Sure. Read through so the plan documents. That well, the plan sponsor put together to figure out all the intricacies of and ins and outs of, of what's how each going of these on. Plans work. So, right. so, the, so the basis of it though is is if, if we just is is it fair for right now if we just kind of lump them together and use the word retirement account, right? So, so instead sure, of saying, sure, yeah, okay, so if we say retirement account, if we use that for our conversation, the basis mm-hmm. behind the retirement account is a savings tool, right? I mean, it's a, correct. Okay, for correct. retirement, correct? Right, correct. Right. Okay, Save, and then for retirement. When we're dealing with that, though, too, um, the government oftentimes puts limitations on some of this stuff, but there's also some advantages to using some of these types of tools as well. So can you tell right. us um, some of the maybe the, the, the basic rules um, and sure. what's the advantages of using some of these types of tools? So I'll start with the basic basic rules is that, first off, the IRS limits how much you can contribute to these accounts, depending on what types of accounts they are. Um, a lot of times it's based upon age and what type of account it is. Okay. Um, so general rule of thumb with all retirement accounts, general rule of thumb, there are exceptions. If somebody becomes disabled, um, if somebody passes away, there, there's some exceptions to these rules, but generally speaking, um, if you touch any of these accounts, these retirement plan accounts prior to age 59 and a half, the IRS is going to impose a 10% early withdrawal penalty. So what does that tell us? The IRS right. really doesn't want us touching that money until we're at least age 59 and a half. It also tells tells us that maybe pensions are going away and they're not going to, people aren't going to take care, you know, these companies aren't going to take care of you anymore like they used to because the legacy costs, it costs them too much money. It's too much risk for the company to take on, which is why they're sort of, they glad the companies call it de-risking or divesting the, okay. uh, the pension plan, but really they just don't want to manage it anymore. The cost is too high and they want to give you the money so you can just walk away. Now you're on your own where years ago, like my dad retired, my grandpa, my cousins all retired from the UAW, whether it was Ford Chrysler GM, they were UAW, union workers. They got a pension when they retired, right? They, a lot of these larger companies no longer want to manage those plans. So they hand them off to you. So 59 and a half is a general rule because the government doesn't want you really touching it before that time because they want you to save it for your retirement. Um, also you get, depending on the type of plan, you can get a tax deduction, right? So 
there's certain rules as far as what you can contribute. So if you're under age 50, right? Okay. Then if you have a 401k or some type of employer sponsored plan, generally there is now, if you have a simple IRA, the rules are a little different. That's something else, another type of an account, but generally the maximum you can contribute in an annual basis is $20,500. Okay. Once you attain age 50 or over, then you have a catcher provision of $6,500 that you can add. It's not, you know, none of this is mandatory. It's just the maximum amount that you can contribute. So okay? you, so you can't if take you, your entire, your entire income and just put it in there. You have, you have a limit of how much can go in there. You, 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 well, correct. Unless you only make $20,500 a year and you don't need the okay. money. Then you okay. Good point. Yeah, okay. Right, right, right. right. Then, then you could, right. Provided you don't need the money to live on, but you can't contribute more than you make. Right. So if you only make 10 grand, you can't contribute 15. Okay. Right. So you can't contribute more than you make. Um, based upon you know what you're filing on your on your income taxes. Now, if you have a simple IRA plan, which there are companies out there, small businesses that maybe have a simple IRA, um, the contribution limits are less. I believe the thirteen thousand five hundred uh, a year that you can contribute to a simple IRA, and that's the maximum you can contribute on that. Mm-hmm. Now, if you shift gears, and those are group plans, right? Okay. So if meaning, you shift gears, meaning that meaning the company like is in control correct. of it. Okay. Correct. Yeah, you have a plan sponsor. It's 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 this this. Uh, plan is offered by your employer, correct? Okay. So if you have an individual plan, let's say an individual IRA or a Roth IRA or something like that, um, generally your contributions under age 50 right now, the rule is 6,000 a year. If you reach okay. age yep. 50 or over, then you get an extra thousand dollars. So it's 7,000. Now, if you have a SEP IRA, if you have a small business, it's generally 25% of your net income. So as an example, if after all of your deductions and all of your write-offs, the income you show from your business is a hundred thousand a year, then twenty-five percent would be twenty-five thousand, right? Okay. But there is a maximum dollar amount, and I believe that's fifty-eight thousand dollars this year. Fifty-eight thousand. Yep. Fifty-eight thousand. They upped it from fifty-six, I think, last year, the year before, and that's the maximum you can do. So if you make a million dollars a year net income, you can't contribute two hundred fifty thousand. The max would be fifty-eight thousand dollars for that type of an account. And one other account I'm going to throw in there is something a lot of times people don't think about is a health savings account, HSA. Now folks, if you're listening, HSAs are super, super powerful. They're triple tax exempt. If you use them properly, they're tax deductible against your income and you contribute. Okay. They they grow tax deferred. Okay. And as long as you use the money for only a qualified medical expense, it's when, not taxable when you when you, when you take when it you out. take the distribution, right? So it's triple tax exempt. So the idea with that is there's a different cutoff for that, which is actually age fifty five. Okay. Okay. Well, and so, and 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 on that though, Mike. So if you're talking about these things, these different these different programs, um, like I like. I can't use all of these at once. I, it's, sure. it's, yeah, it's, yeah, no, it's sure. based off of what, whether my company does it or if I'm a, a self individual or own a company or whatnot, there's, there's, there's right, different, right. there's different parts of that. Um, right. so, okay. So, so the basis of stuff there, so we know they're there. Um, as we were talking about kind of at the beginning that the, the purpose of it, why it's so important is because there's no pensions out there. There's no, there's no, or, or right. I shouldn't say there's no, there's l- less, very little, yes. very little. Right. And, and, and people are living longer. Yes. Right. I mean, that's, right. that's a concern right. as well. So the idea of, of these accounts, I guess, you know, helping provide for something in the future. Um, what do you see as like, so, so you meet someone or you're referred to someone and, and you see them, 
Um, Mike asked me and kind of put me on the spot and said, what's the most common retirement account I see? What, 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 I said a 401k. It was just, you know, what I think I see. Would you say the same thing? Most people you see, that's what they have. That's the most common. I'd agree with that. If they're working, okay. if they're currently working 401k, I would agree with. And then if they're retired, maybe they still have their 401k. Uh, but you know, a lot of times they've rolled it into an IRA or, yeah, John you know, mentioned that earlier like that. too. Okay. Yeah, so you're okay. seeing the right. same things. So, Michael, right. Right. we talked a little bit about some of the rules, and so a lot of it, you know, a 59 and a half rule. But there's some there's some other um, things that allow people to do that. But what what about some of the advantages of using that? I know that some places um, they have like matching contributions in a 401k. Yep. Um, there's yep. some tax advantages of that as well. So why don't you um, explain a little bit about that as well to us? Sure, sure. So great question. So the advantages of contributing to retirement accounts, 401ks, et cetera, is that there's, this is a tax plan, not only an advantage to saving for your retirement in the future and further funding it to the point that both we just made, even if you, somebody out there is listening and you do have a pension, you got to ask yourself, if I retire today, how long do you expect to live after you retire? 20, 30 years? So if you're getting arbitrary number, if you're getting $2,000 a month right now in your pension, if your pension doesn't have a cost of living adjustment 20, 30 years from now, you're still getting that $2,000 a month. Is it still covering your, your lifestyle 20, 30 years from now probably, as it is today? Probably not based on today's inflation numbers. Exactly. Right, exactly. So that's the other reason it's important to save for your retirement because pension and Social Security alone will probably not see you through for the rest of your life. So you need to have some supplemental income down the road, which could very well be in most cases 401ks and IRAs. So that's why it's also important to save even if you have a pension it's important to save not to mention maybe you want to leave something behind for your kids and your family or your spouse so that's important so back to the question um you know the advantages is obviously saving for retirement and building wealth right the other thing is um is the tax advantage right it can be a tax advantage all right so if you're a small business owner you know and you want to deploy some of these assets to work with you and not pay taxes and all this money in the same year you can use things like simple iras sep iras even even traditional iras to try to reduce some of your taxable income that you're going to be paying taxes on so it's not only a great idea for investment planning and retirement planning it's also a great tool to use for tax planning um and including hsas health savings accounts that's sure. something that's super powerful uh down the road 529 plans which is not exactly retirement accounts college savings plans it's called savings plan for, for your children or your grandchildren, right? That's something else that's really tax advantaged, you know, if they use it for a qualified educational expense down the road. Sure, sure. So, um, so, so Roth, the, I'm sorry, go, go ahead, Michael. So Roth conversions or Roth IRAs is also another one. Now that okay. works a little different. What's really important if you're listening to this and you have a 401k, you have to ask yourself, are taxes staying the same going down or are they going to go up in the future? Well, I mean, I've asked you guys what you, you think, right? Got to feel they're going up. I mean, it's, it's, technically, right. it's technically written in law now, right? Yep. I mean, it's right. Yeah, it's technically, yeah. So the idea is, do we pay? Do we defer the taxes, not pay it now, and pay a higher tax rate in the future? Because, folks, when, when you turn age seventy-two, you have to take what's called required minimum distributions from your four hundred one k's and IRAs. That's a forced distribution. IRS is going to force you to take, and then you have to pay taxes on that money down the road. If taxes are going to be higher in the future, does it make sense to not pay them now by deferring it by making the contribution? Absolutely. Or does it make more sense to do the conversion or just to con or just to depending on your situation to a Roth yeah. IRA, pay the taxes on it now at a lower rate, and then never have to worry about paying taxes on it again if you have a Roth IRA, so, as so, long as you have that Roth IRA for five years and have attained age fifty nine. Okay, so so a quick question on that because. 
there's there's tons of moving parts on this, Mike. Mike a lot Mike, of them. I, the so so a person doesn't necessarily need to know everything. They need to know where to go, right? They need to know who to right. talk to or whatnot. But but one of the things that that you had shared with me, and this was this was one of the reasons we we were talking about this in preparation for this, was that you see a ton of people that have multiple stuff. Like it, it, it's right. it's not nowadays. It's not common for someone to start. Um, at, at age uh, 18 or 22 or whatnot at a job and stay there for 30 or 40 years. You, you're you seeing people right. that it's like, okay, I worked at three different jobs and I have all these different other moving parts that are out there. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and the two pitfalls would be when they switch jobs, they pull that money out and spend it. I know we we, we, we don't want to see that, yep. right? We know that. Right. But let's right. assume they, they avoided that pitfall and you see all these different other accounts. Uh, uh, what do we do there? What, 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 how do you help people in that situation? What's, what's, what's the idea there? So you're, John, so you're referring to like multiple 401ks sure. from previous employers, yep, right? Yep. So the first question is, um, and again, it's really important folks that you hire a fiduciary because John and Mike are both right. This is an obscene amount of information and anything you need to know is on the internet, right? But go, but go Google IRAs and see how many millions of links show up. So you could, you could try to figure it out on your own, but your best bet is to hire a fiduciary that's going to help navigate this maze for you. That's going to know your family, your goals, objectives, and what's the best way to help put together my retirement plan. Cause your retirement plan might look different than your neighbors. So hire a fiduciary is going to work in your best interest to help figure this out for you and, and put together a game plan. So there's a, there's a lot, a couple different ways to go about that, John. So first of all, um, different employer plans can work differently. I've been on the phone, with uh, plan sponsors and um, and uh, uh, the, the uh, management companies for the 401ks and developing and putting together the plan documents for the employer-sponsored plans, such as 401k, 403b, 457, et cetera. Okay. Each one of these plans can work differently. They literally ask the plan sponsor, do you want to have a Roth version? Do you want, who's going to pay the fees? Are you, the plan sponsor, going to cover all the plan fees? Oh, yeah, folks, there are fees inside of your 401k, 457, and uh, four or three Bs. Yes, there are. Who covers them though? Is the plan sponsor, the employer covering them all? Is the employee covering them all? Or is it some type of split? Okay. There are absolutely fees inside of there. So it's important to understand that. So ever, first of all, again, you have to understand what you currently have and how it works. So it's important to, you know, if you're not going to hire a fiduciary, you should, but if, if you got to call the companies and you got to know what questions to ask. Find right? out what's going on. Find, okay. And find out what's going on. Know the how rules. do you have access to this money, right? If you weren't at the company a long enough time, are you fully vested? Most cases, when you leave the company, you will be vested. But if you only okay. worked there for a year, and maybe they have a five-year or two-year waiting period to be fully vested, that means you'll be able to roll over the money that you invested, but you're not going to get the match from the employer not if they the, even okay. offered it. Okay. Right. So it's really important to know all of that. Right. It's really important to know what you currently have and how it works and what the process is to roll it over. In a lot of cases, not all cases, but in a lot of cases – it would make sense to combine or roll that money over to get it working for you again. Cause generally you can only contribute to those employer sponsored plans. If you're actively working with them, if you're not okay. actively working for, actually employed with the employer, you can't contribute part of the power of retirement accounts. Part of the power of the 401ks, et cetera, is being able to what we call dollar cost average into those accounts. This for a lot of folks that are younger right now, older folks might be, really freaked out what's going on in the market because they're at a different point in their life. But somebody who's 25 years old, 35 years old, who has, you know, 30 or 40 working years in front of them yet, in a lot of cases, excuse me, this could be a great buying opportunity with the market being on sale right now. 
For market sure. being discounted. Sure. And if you have these 401ks and employer sponsored plans laying around that you don't have a way to contribute to, you're missing out. Yeah, you're if missing. You can at least put it in, put it into an IRA or even can put it into your current 401k. You can at least start getting that money moving again and contribute to that money to help build and accumulate wealth long term. Right now, when the market's down, buying in, this is when you accumulate wealth. This well, is how you accumulate wealth. And not only that, uh, Mike, even now a lot of these uh, corporations may match to a certain extent as well. Correct. And so if you're now, Correct. when the market's down right now, not only putting your own money in, but if the corporation is putting money in for you, then Correct. the time value of money, of money is is so amazing and powerful over that long period of time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think, Absolutely. though, I think listening to you guys, I think my issue, not not issue, I think the thing I'm taking from this, if I were to step back and, and not be in this industry, right? If I were to just be a, an outside person, I think the most important thing that 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 Mike Speaker that you said, and I think what we've what we've heard from this, it's overwhelming. It's an enormous yeah. amount of information. Yeah. So so instead of diving further into the information, I think what we need to do is 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 you said one of the most important things is 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 contact someone, know where to go know who to talk to. You, you, like you said, talk to a fiduciary, talk to someone, find out those rules. And so instead of saying, Hey, here's more stuff about it. I, I think we got to leave this, uh, the, the, this, this interview there. I mean, we, we could spend hours and hours and hours going into this, but, but, but right. I think it might be even overwhelming. So I think we L literally, John, sure. I agree. Literally. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. so, Mike, I, thank you so much for coming on. I, I, it's, it's, it's been huge beneficial to get this information. I, I think it's eye opening for a listener to say, Oh my gosh, I, I, I feeling overwhelmed, but everybody's feeling overwhelmed. It's a ton of information. So it's not just me. I'm not alone in the wilderness out there, not knowing what to do. I, I, I have resources. So, so thank you, Mike, for coming out. We really, really appreciate you, you, you helping, helping us out and sharing some information with us today. No problem, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the invite. Thanks, Mike. Thanks guys. Have a wonderful day. You, you too. too. Thanks. Wait. Take care. It's, it's a recurring theme. John, uh, every time we have a guest on here, I, and I think probably a lot of people uh, feel the same way when they're interviewing individuals. So many, so, so many of these subjects are so in depth that it's hard to even you know dive into the surface area in just a you know ten or fifteen minute or twenty minute period, right? So um, I think to just to, to kind of wrap it up is save money for your retirement and what? use the plans that are available. And if you don't understand the plans or you don't understand what the rules might be, then contact a professional that can help and assist you because this is the stuff that we handle every day. Well, and I, and I think what, what, what you take from it, Mike is, or at least what, what, I, what I'm hoping people are taking from this is, is you, you hear Mike speak as our guest, you heard his excitement, but, but, but you heard we, we were, uh, uh, not in a negative way, but we were, we were trying to, to, to rein ourselves, all three of us trying to rein ourselves in because there's so much information and, and, and it doesn't make sense to explain to somebody about a, uh, a 457 if they're never going to have that. Yeah. So it's okay. They, they, it's out there. It exists. But if you're never going to have one, we don't need to spend time talking about that. Let's talk about what you have. And, and, and yeah, I agree with that. I think that's really the place to leave it. Contribute know what's going on, be active with it, but, but use it. If we switch gears, um, as we always do on this, we're going to, we're going to switch gears and talk about our holistic happenings. It's our, it's our segment that, that, that we, we wanted to make sure we share 
the idea of holistic planning, the idea of, of what we see in any given week. So, so I'm going to introduce it this time because Mike, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to put you on the spot and get a story from you. So, okay. so holistic happenings is, is our way of trying to share some of the things we saw, some of the things we see in any given week about how we don't just talk about one subject matter, how we make sure all the professionals in a family's life are communicating together. So Mike, Give us some. Give us an example. Of what happened to you this week? Yeah. So again, using the holistic uh, planning approach and and, and tying in um, the retirement plans with the tax planning and, and estate planning, insurance planning, et cetera. And the issue is when we we're talking about retirement planning, that just kind of brought me to a to a story um, of a client that I just met with, um, which was actually yesterday. And this this client of mine actually has been been a client for probably about ten or ten or twelve years. Uh, their parents were my clients originally, um, and unfortunately passed away. And then I became um, a client that there's the wife's parents, and so then they um, inherited a little bit of money. But more importantly, they had their own business, and eventually they were in their mid fifties and wanted to retire someday. And so we've been putting together a plan and contributing, and because they're they own a small business, we had to kind of navigate um, the different retirement plans and options that were available for them. Um, but they were starting to get on, on some some pretty solid footing and being able to to start to to save some good money um, over the last few years. Um, but now they're looking retirement in the eyes, and so uh, they both turned sixty five recently and are saying, "Okay, I'm going to want to retire." Um, at age 67. And what does that look like? And they have a, uh, a business and a building. So there's going to be some um, proceeds if they were able to sell the business. If they can't sell the business, they would be able to sell the building. And so they wanted to know what position they would be if they want to retire in two years. And so um, with our FSA CARES process, one of the tools we use is what they call a SMART analysis. And, and SMART has an extra A in there. It's called Synchronized Management Using Asset Allocation Research and Technology but it's using data-driven statistical analysis to find out the probabilities of success of their assets, making sure that they're able to maintain their standard of living forever. Um, now, there are a lot of tools out there, John, that we see that are on the internet, for example, or through a lot of the websites that are more basic tools. But what's nice about using that smart analysis is we can actually put in their existing holdings that they have right now. So it's real world, real examples. So like what they're currently doing. Yes, exactly. Okay. okay. And not only that, um, they'll do um, what they call means testing, which without getting too deep into the data, but they use Monte Carlo simulation. They use 1,000 um examples of rolling averages and they look at the probability of success of giving their existing holdings them now saving for a certain um, a period of time and will their their money last you know to a certain age and so what was really cool about this is um, we were able to then put all their data in and we had done this six or seven years ago um, but you know obviously they've saved a bit more money now and so the probabilities weren't as ac or at, weren't as uh, promising as they were that when we when we did this recently and so it was just really cool to see that we put this together we've been working with them for several years and then when we looked at it the original uh, amount that they wanted to retire at um, was not quite as as promising as we had hoped but then they remembered that they were saving about two thousand dollars a month nowadays so okay. they didn't need 
to use that. So it's like, I, so then they looked at, we looked at a, you know, a thousand dollars a month less as well. And they were no problem being able to retire. And so now they had actually an extra thousand dollars a month that they didn't expect. And they're able to still That's awesome. um, be there till age 95. So it was just, awesome. it's just really cool to be able to see and use some of these tools and some of these proprietary tools. When we look at some of the illustrations that aren't available, um, you know, to a lot of the individual investors to find out, um, the probability of success and making sure that their money lasts forever. And so that they're, you know, again, it's almost like a sleep at night and this sigh of relief. I could see like the weight off their shoulders when they were sitting in my office that, oh my gosh, it's happening. We did it. Well, you and, know, and, and, and they're, they're trusting you. They come with, with trust with you. That's why they're working with you, but it's got to feel awesome on your side to be able to show them like specific specific information like hey not just trust me and i'm i'm good for this like you actually had calculations that you showed them that gave you all peace of mind that 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 it worked that's really really cool that you could say hey you're going to have this $1000 i mean that's 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 really cool and and that's the difference so when mike talked about working with a fiduciary there's certain responsibilities we have a lot of it is, when you talk about data-driven as well, there's a lot of information and a lot of illustrations that we can show it. So it's not, John, it's not your opinion, it's not my opinion. It's it's factual. It's um, stuff that we can use data-driven that will show you, um, and sometimes to the penny, right, you know, what the probability um, or what certain uh, analysis, analytical tools are used. Yeah, okay? yeah that's so, awesome. So... Let's do this, Mike, because that is, that is, again, it's the idea behind we have a subject matter that we talk about and hopefully educate about, and then, then we try and bring it closer, right? Because this, this idea of holistic can be overwhelming, and, and, and it's not something that we can say, and somebody hears it, they know they want it, but it can be overwhelming to try and learn all those different subject matters or keep those all, all, all those at one time. So it's a great story to hear, but I think we gotta, we got to wrap it up from that point. I think we can give, there's such a thing as too much information. So let's save some more for the next, uh, the next episode. Absolutely. So thank you for listening to our Retireable Podcast. Uh, my name is Mike Wallace. My name is John Sauger. We work for a firm called Financial Services of America. And if you do want to get in contact with us, our website is fsa1.com. Um, and our phone number is 1-800-977-9292. Until next time, um, have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Securities, products, and services made available through AE Financial Services, LLC, AEFS, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisory products and services made available through FSA Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. AEFS and FSA Advisors Incorporated are not affiliated companies. Insurance products are offered through the insurance business, Financial Services of America. FSA Advisors Incorporated is also a financial services practice that offers products and services through AE Financial Services LLC AEFS, member FINRA and SIPC. AEFS does not offer insurance products. The insurance products offered by Financial Services of America are not subject to investment advisor requirements. AEFS and FSA Advisors Incorporated are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation.
FSA Advisors Incorporated is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by FSA Advisors Incorporated.